There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am pumped to be joined by my friends Joe Fordyce and Brooke Destra. I am Jordan Hall. We are getting closer and closer to the NHL draft. Plenty of Flyers to talk about, given it's uh, 10 picks for the Flyers, two in the first round. The draft is next Wednesday night in Nashville, rounds two to seven on Thursday night. Danny Briere and Brent Flair just addressed the media on Thursday, talking all things draft-related, potential trades. So we're going to get into all of it. Joe, I'll start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from Briere and Flair? It sounds like just about everything is on the table. Yeah, and that that continues to be my biggest takeaway since this – well, since really since Danny took over is um, he he hasn't – he hasn't minced words when he when he talks about where this franchise is and that anything can happen here. Um, and the messaging is very consistent that there's there's virtually nothing this team is not going to listen to. And in their position, I think listen to also means entertain um, in terms of trade talks and all those sorts of things. So I, you know, you can look at some contracts on the team and say, okay, that guy's not going anywhere. But um, outside of that, I, I really think that anything is possible here. And I think we could be in for not a, a, a wild draft a uh, couple days, as well as the free agency, which could be even more crazy. But I do think this particular offseason is not going to be – I mean, not to sound like John Tortorella, but it's not going to be about additions. I think the headlines are going to be about who's not going to be here. And maybe a little bit on who is, but I think it's more going to be about um, some big names heading out. And, uh, you know, I'm not, how, not sure how many guys on this team right now would – bring back a, 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 a slew of, ass, of assets. And I think that's why we could get major headlines because the guys who could get, you know, could return assets are really the big names on this teams on this team, the Carter hearts, the Travis Konechny's, those are the kind of guys where you could get things back. So I, I think all of that's on the table and um, buckle up. Yeah, believe it or not, the Flyers do have some decent assets, and I think we're seeing it with all the noise about Carter Hart, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton. And Danny Briere said that everything is on the table, they're open for business, and then they go out and trade Ivan Provrov. I think that got his phone buzzing. 
I would be probably a little bit surprised if we see a Konechny, Hart, Lawton type of trade, but I would not rule anything out with the draft because I think uh, people are going to be knocking and the Flyers are going to be listening. Brooke, what are you anticipating uh, over these next couple of days and, and come draft night? Um, to put things very simply, a lot of chaos <laughs> in a good way because, and I've been stressing this time and time again since, you know, we started talking about the draft on the podcast, but the, there's nothing off the table and they keep stressing that. And I think that that is one thing that everyone is just so eager for, especially Flyers fans. Like it's not go, it's not going to be a stagnant off season. Um, and seeing any kind of change across the board is going to be deemed good because it's, it's fluid. Everything's in motion as opposed to just, okay, like, let's try and bring in this aging veteran and we're two to three years away. Like we know we're in the rebuild. They've stated it time and time again, but I feel like again, touching on the Ivan Provorov trade trade, it really kind of set the tone going into this off season as to what we can expect in terms of intensity in Danny Breer's first off season. So I think that it does really start, with this draft and doesn't really stop once free agency opens. Like I know that we're saying that there's a ton of different contracts that we can't really see being moved, but now there's rumors that there's a possibility that, and I know that this is, I think this is like a 2% chance, but it's worth talking about. There's even the possibility of moving Travis Sanheim before his no move clause kicks into his contract come July. And that would be a huge huge cap relief of any kind <laughs> like to just to move that contract and you know I, again I have stressed I love Travis Sanheim I think he's a good guy I think he's a hard worker but that contract is not team friendly if that kicks in so yeah. you know what if Danny Breer finds a way to move that contract whew, I'm already grading him an A for his first offseason because I don't know we're just going to have a lot of chaos I think it's going to be a lot of good things and like Joe said, we got to buckle up because a lot is going to happen in a short amount of time. Yeah, there's nothing worse in this league, I think, than being a, a, a bad team and also being hamstrung by the cap. I mean, you're right. really in purgatory there when it comes to, well, really any sport. But, I mean, focusing on hockey, I mean, that is hockey purgatory. It's you're you're not – the worst team in the NHL. So you're not getting, well, in this, in the case of next week's draft, you're not getting Connor Bedard. You're hamstrung against the cap with big contracts with a lot of term left on them. And you're also not a good team. I mean, that's the, that's really the, um, that's it's purgatory. There's not really a better word for it. And uh, you know, I, I feel like that's where, that is the hand that Danny Briere and Keith Jones and this new regime has been dealt. They've been dealt a team that's in purgatory and it's kind of, uh, and you have a coach who's pushing them to get out of it and has been talking since, uh, I don't know, three weeks into the season about who they're going to get rid of. So he's clearly, <laughs> you know, he clearly every time was asked, always brought up the sub subtraction piece. He realizes it and he you know, he realizes they have to shed before they can 
you know, you got, I don't know the, it's more, I don't know that it's go this way before this way, because there's not much more this way to go, <laughs> but um, he realizes they have to, you know, you have to, um, in terms of salary, you have to bottom it out a little bit before you can build up and, you know, to go out and try to add um, free agents, which generally are not the youngest players. And, you know, they're kind of mid to upper level guys that are in the primes of their career. If not older, that doesn't make sense for this team because those players are not going to be, are likely not going to be part of the next group that, helps this team compete for a Stanley cup. And um, I think all these guys in charge realize that because they've all been saying the same types of things. And um, I feel like the fan base here and everybody is looking for a, a, a consistent direction, um, you know, and not have somebody tell them that the sky's blue when it's pouring rain outside, which I feel like for a little bit, that's what, when Chuck Fletcher was in charge that yes. not that he was doing it purposely. Yeah. Not that he was doing it purposely, but that's what was happening. You were, there well, this isn't a rebuild. Building. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was, he, you know, he was not going to say he wouldn't use the word rebuild when virtually everyone that pays attention to the sport knew that this is what, this is a rebuild, whether you say it or not, it is. And, you know, it's refreshing to, see a direction, a consistent direction and people that aren't afraid to talk about it. And I think um, that started with John Tortorella has considered continued with Danny Briere and Keith Jones now. So um, that I think they've done right. And now it's about, um, you know, it's about setting this team up for not this coming season, but, the seasons down the road. And, and uh, I think that's what they're doing. Catch all the sports action and more at rivers casino, Philadelphia, whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book, rivers casino, Philadelphia. Billy loves a winner gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Searching for NBA playoff coverage. We've got you. The old man and the three presented by BMW gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. With the Provrov trade, I I really think Barrier showed Flyers fans that he's willing to subtract. He's willing to make some bold moves, and the the mindset is to get draft capital and prospects. So now I think his challenge is to continue to do that, uh, not just rest on one trade. It's to continue to subtract and back your message, back uh, what you said you wanted to do and what you did with the Provrov trade. There's still plenty of work to be done, but I feel like the Provrov trade definitely – got Flyers fans excited, kind of put them on the edge of the seat and said, okay, what next? We'll see what Breer has in store uh, over the next four to five days. And as the, uh, the draft officially arrives next Wednesday, 
And we're almost forgetting that the Flyers have two first-round picks. Seventh, <laughs> seventh overall, 22nd overall, the pick uh, that they got in the Pro Rob trade from the Blue Jackets. So we're going to look at some targets for the Flyers at number seven. Perhaps a prospect that we would really like to see go to the Flyers. And perhaps a prospect we think the Flyers should take uh, and, and might take. Brooke, I'll start with you. Who is a guy that you really like for the team and perhaps a guy that you think will be there? I mean, again, I feel like I have stressed this prospect consistently. You can check my receipts on Twitter. You can go back and listen to the old pods. I'm so high on Oliver Moore because he is just a player that the Flyers don't have. And I have said he's a speedster. He's clearly the fastest player in the draft. Yes, there are some some concerns with puck handling and like how he will transition to a pro level. But he is such a gifted two-way center. And like I've stressed before, again, you can't have enough of those. And you don't know where Katoria is going to be. Um, but I'm really high on Oliver Moore. I think he would make a lot of fans happy just in terms of like, I love watching his transition in the game. He can catch up. It doesn't matter how far away he is. He can call He can stir some things up. He can stir the pot. Um, and I just think it's worth discussing. However, I don't think that's the direction the flyers are going to go in because they keep stressing. They're going to take the best player on the board at seven. And I do think that there is going to be a stronger player um now who knows what happens if they want to trade back to a later top 10 pick and maybe grab a pick in the second round too like see if there's any um negotiations with that but who knows um but then i'm also really high i think the Flyers would be silly to pass over Davey Linebacker um, just because he has so much potential to be a top four blue liner. And I like that he's not a flashy player. And I know that some people might contradict, like be against that, but he comes and he does the job. He's not trying to be too over the top or, you know, try to insert himself where it isn't necessary. He comes in. He does the job. He's one of the top defensemen in the draft. Do I think that it would be better if the Flyers take something offensively? Yes, I would prefer forward, but I think they would be silly to pass on a guy like Ryan Backer. Yeah, I think the Flyers are going to have to fight the, the temptation to take one of these great forwards. It's such a top-heavy draft with forwards that it's almost like, wow, we got to grab one of these guys. But Right. David Reinbacker, as you mentioned, broke. Ready shot defenseman. Looks like the whole package. Pro ready. And uh, the Flyers, I feel like they need help there. They need to replenish there. I know it's not about... They now. need help everywhere. They do need help everywhere. <laughs> that is very true. They do need help everywhere. And it's definitely not about now. It's about four to five years down the line. But um, Reinbacker will be a tough guy to pass up on as well. Joe, how about you? Which which kid is kind of catching your eye right now? Yeah, mine's going to be one and the same here, and I'm going to go with uh, <clears throat> um, Ryan Leonard. Now, the problem is I'm not sure he's going to be there because there is a lot of talk that he could go as early as number five, and right. which is crazy because I feel like conventional wisdom going into this draft has been there are five gems in this draft and that the top five were almost – 
maybe not necessarily the order, but the top five were the top five. And now there's some buzz about Leonard possibly making it to the top five. And who knows? The Flyers could tra- try to trade up into the top five. And I think they're I think they're exploring that along with every other option. But when it comes to Leonard, I saw uh, a scout say about him that he has the soul of a checker, but the hands of a goal scorer. And the first oh, thing wow. I thought of, yeah. And the first thing I thought of was Mark Stone. And, you know, there's a little recency bias with him, obviously, and how he played in the Stanley Cup final. But Mark, that a player, if you're thinking about it from a Mark Stone perspective, that's a, a heart and soul player, a guy that has, he can play, like he can play a sort of like a dirty game and a game in the corners. He can score goals. He can put a team on his back. And those, I like that assessment from the, from the scout that I saw speaking about Leonard. And, uh, you know, the, I think that's, that's the kind of player this team needs because the player they have like that now is Travis Konechny, but I'm not sure that Konechny's a little little bit undersized for that, and I, I don't know that, um, quite frankly, I, I think they might explore trading Konechny only because by the time this team is ready to compete, I'm not sure where Konechny's game is. Uh, he's kind of that in, in that in-between now where he's been with a number of regimes here with the Flyers, and it's not like he's 22. So, um, but yeah, I think I think um, a guy that can give your team identity and, and also provide that scoring touch and, you know, in, in the under-18s and everything um, that Leonard's played in, he has been – a top line player and relied on. I understand he's a teenager. So that is everything you take is with a grain of salt, but I always like to see when players are relied on at a young age and they deliver. And uh, that's what Leonard has done at every level. And I think he'd be a great fit for, uh, for this flyers uh, team. It seems like players of Leonard's caliber translate, like it's a safe bet that, that, that his game will translate, you know, size, Goal scoring; those are things you can't teach. Um, sometimes you you maybe go for the smaller player, but you just wonder: was that smaller player really successful because he was playing at a lower level? What what happens when he plays against men? So I feel like Leonard's got a game that's going to really um, appeal to a ton of teams because it it looks like it could translate. And yeah, it's interesting, Joe, with Konechny. It's like you wonder if the Flyers are going to fight. Where could his ceiling be? Like, is this, you know, is this where his ceiling is? 30 goals, 60-something points, or can he get better? Maybe they can sell his stock a little bit later, you know. Uh, but, yeah, you you definitely want to capitalize when guys' stocks are high. And I think Konechny's work, would you agree? It's probably never been higher. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to see one full season of yeah. Konechny. That, that injury toward the end of last year really was a bummer because – I feel like he was just full stream ahead. Like it was the best you were ever seeing his game. And yeah, like you were saying, his stock is really high. I, I'm with Joe. I do see the potential of them moving him. Um, just because if we're looking down the road, as opposed to, you know, the next year or two ahead, 
where is Konechny going to be in terms of the rebuild when they finally get there? And would he have the same value then as he does now? Um, so I'm like, again, I've been stressing everything is on the table and I'm glad that the flyers agree with me (laughs) (laughs) that you just, you have to listen and they are. And if they get something that is, you know, worth making that move, I say that they go with it. But, you know, if you're getting, you know, a first and a couple extra picks for Ivan Provorov, who, you know, obviously they value left-handed defensemen in this league significantly, but I think comparing, I know it's apples and oranges, defensemen and forward, but I think Konechny had a much stronger season comparing to Ivan Provorov. So you're curious what that return would look like if, you know, people are calling for him. And that's the biggest thing to me with Konechny is he's one of the guys that you could get a return for. To me, it's if you're talking about getting a uh, a haul of some sort, Carter Hart and Travis Konechny, they're the first two. And um, I, I again, any, I don't know how many times we can say it, but if anything's on the table, I think those two guys are the first two people that that um, that other teams are calling about that they're interested in and that the Flyers could get a big return on. So what, you know, it's absolutely worth discussing whether or not they can get a big return for either of those guys. But in this case, we're talking about Konechny. Um, And, you know, it just – Konechny, to me, ideally, is on the wing, on the second line for a team that feels like they're one or two pieces away from contending for a Stanley Cup. And that is not what we have here. So um, I, I think it's, it's a, a very, very valuable commodity. And I, strong, I strongly feel Briere is going to hold him in high regard, and he should. As Brooke alluded to, played 60 games this year. He put up 31 goals, 61 points. Tack on another 22 games or 20 games, where would his numbers be? It'd be pretty, pretty darn high. He's a former first-round pick. He's a former all-star, so the Flyers should aim high, I think, in that return for Konechny, and they absolutely should be willing to listen, uh, just given where they are in their rebuild and where Konechny is in his career at 26. So definitely, I think everything is on the table. Uh, For me, at number seven, I I would love it the Flyers – I think it would be ideal if the Flyers saw Will Smith fall to them at U.S. center. I think he might be the best among that group of four uh, U.S. forwards that are being really highly touted. We already hit on two of them, and Alder Moore, Ryan Leonard, the other one, Gabe Perot. But I think Smith is a great player. I think he's got the potential to be special. I don't think he's going to fall to seven. But in a perfect world, I think he does, and the Flyers scoop him up. Uh, but I'm with Brooke. I really like Reinbacker as well. I think he could be there for the Flyers. And I think it's time to grab a defenseman. I think Reinbacker's got the potential to be a top pair, righty shot defenseman that plays in all situations. I think there could be plenty of intrigue pairing him alongside Cam York and having that, those two maybe be your top pair for the next eight to ten years. So I, I think Reinbacker is going to be there for him potentially, and I think the Flyers are going to think long and hard about it because uh, that's the, that could be their you know the best defenseman in their eyes in the draft. That's plenty of intrigue there, um, but we'll see where they go. Maybe they go for there's. They're, I think the, the overall theme, though, is that they're going to have a chance to get a very good player. I think a, a player of high-end talent, and that's a positive because they need, as we all know, Brooke, uh, they need more high-end talent for sure. 
Oh, yeah. And I mean, again, like you said, it, it's so it'll be really interesting to see if they do go defensemen in this draft, because this draft has been projected to be one of the best high end, I'd say, since 2015. Mm-hmm. And you're just you're having top caliber player after top caliber player on the board. And when you have so many players with the potential of having this great shot and having this amazing speed and being, you know, ready now, top six forward potential. And then if flyers go defensemen, I feel like it's, it's gonna. (laughs) And again, looking for perspective as the flyers fans are going to be like, really in this forward heavy draft, you're going defensemen. But I I think it's akin to when Eagles fans flip out when they draft an offensive lineman, because that's not, (laughs) you know, that's not like a, I can't wait to see this guy, but they're also some the most important players in the field. A lot. Right. So, right. um, My, my thought process is it's not as heavy as a defensive draft as it is forwards. So if you go defenseman early, then you go ahead and get your shooter at 22nd overall, you know, or, you know, you move some picks around and you try and get a couple second rounders, but I, I don't know. I'm excited regardless because this is a great draft. It's going to be a really fun night. I think these kids have worked. I know I feel like I'm getting like, like sappy now, but I'm a sucker for draft night. Um, you know, they work hard. They deserve to be where they are. Would I want Connor Bedard? Yeah, and I'm going to be salty that Chicago got it until the day that I die. But I think that there is so much more talent on the board, and everyone going in the top 10 are going to be players that we're talking about for the next decade. So Flyers can't really miss here. Right, And the other thing, too, Jordan, I just wanted to add is if they choose to go defenseman, the – Brooke alluded to the Travis Sanheim rumors earlier. We don't know what Tony D'Angelo, like we don't know what that looks like. We don't know what the future of of his, if there's a future of him in Philadelphia, we don't know what that looks like. Uh, They've already traded Ivan Provorov. So this defense core in no way is solidified. Um, There is no core. I think we have, right, there's no core. I mean, you have Cam York, um, Rasmus Ristolainen, I think was the most, arguably the most improved player on this team last year. And for the latter 20, 25 games, arguably their best player. Um, And so you have those two guys. And really beyond that, I'm not really sure what, I I mean, if Sanheim's here, Sanheim's obviously part of it. So, but really, I mean, that there's a lot of flux that there's a lot of flux everywhere, but um Smart hockey minds always say you can't do anything until you play well in front of the goalie. And I think, I, I think if you look at teams around the league, like a team like the Edmonton Oilers, you could not have more firepower in terms of forwards. But they play bad defensively, generally. They, they have some bad contracts on their defense, and they don't have great goaltending. And what happens? They're essentially, you know – there's a lot of talk and fear that they're going to waste Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid's careers because they don't have anything on the back end. So Which you don't want to get in. to think about. <laughs> yeah, it's, just it, it's like insulting to every other hockey fan right. when you watch go- those guys play. Um, 
and you think this team's not going to win unless they sure up the back end. And every year it's kind of retread goalies and sort of, um, uh, you know, you're paying Darnell Nurse like a top defenseman, but he can't run their top power play like that. And it, in the end, it always, it always, always costs them. And you look at a team like Vegas, they're solid on the back end. And th- they really have been since they became a team. And what do you know? They are constantly in the mix all the time. And it's not like you look at their lineup and say, wow, they have guys that could score 50 goals on their team because they don't. They don't have 50 goal scores, but they have big-time guys on the back end. They're always investing in goaltending. And, I, you know, the Flyers can't go wrong going that way. Yeah, you look at the perennial contenders, the teams that are always in it. I mean, they're built from the back out. And not only are the Flyers not stable whatsoever now on their roster defensively, but they're thin organizationally on defense too. After York, it's it's Igor Zamula, Ronnie Adder, Emil Andre. I'm not knocking those kids, but Zamula was an undrafted kid, and he still needs to put on strength. Ronnie Adder is an older prospect because he played in college and was an older guy in the USHL, so he's not particularly young. And then Emil Andre is the second round pick, and he's five foot eight, five foot nine. So again, I am not knocking those kids. I think they can be players, but they are not first round picks in the top ten or fifteen of drafts. Uh, so you got to start eventually getting there. And I, I, I love Brooks' point. If it's not a real deep draft with defensemen. You could get one high, and then you can get where it is deep forwards. I mean, Tyson Forster was a 23rd overall pick, and he's looking like he could be a really good player, and he has probably one of the better shots in that 2020 draft. You can get kids, especially at forward, in a deep draft like this later. So maybe that is the approach they take. They get a defenseman at 7, maybe go forward at 22. Definitely have options, right, Joe? They can you know, even trade back and potentially gain a second-round pick. They don't have one this year because of the risk to line and trade two summers ago. Yeah, I think that that that's well, and we keep saying it. That's on the table as well. And you just the guys you just mentioned. I'll take the guys that have NHL experience, Zamula and Adder. We have no indication that these guys could play an eighty-two game season. I mean, they they have limited up-down experience um, where coaches were just trying to get a look at them. We don't know if those guys could sustain an eighty-two game. We don't know if they'll be effective enough players. We, we don't. We know they can hold their own for little, little spots. That beyond that, we don't know. And uh, so, they're they're nowhere close to being able to rely on guys like that. So it, it, it is very very thin. Brooke, any? I'll, 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 this might be my final question for you, Brooke. Any yeah. other tra- any other trade candidates you think on the roster? I know we haven't even mentioned Kevin Hayes. Joe alluded to Tony D'Angelo. Those are two guys um, that are definitely older and I think not are, you know, potentially could not fit the timeline because of just their age and their contracts. All of the above. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone, everyone needs yeah. to be available. Yeah. Every single person. But if we wanted to kind of focus on another one, I know that we've touched on Kevin Hayes in the past with um, Carter Hart. Um there has been a lot of stirring recently for Scott Lawton. Yeah. And listen, I'm, re- he's one of the guys that if I had to pick 
two or three players that I hope they stay. I do really hope it's Scott Lawton because he is a good, hardworking player. He had his he's coming off of the best season of his career. He's a great leader. He understands the city. He understands the fans. He wants to be a part of a winning culture in this town. And but that's also something that other teams are really looking for. Whereas, you know, ideally Lawton should be a bottom six forward, but he's kind of wiggled his way to the top with Flyers because there's we're so empty in terms of talent. So, you know, I could really see him going somewhere that, like what Joe was saying with Konechny, like if there's if they were looking for just one or two pieces to slide into the roster where for a competitive team, I would love to see him go somewhere where he's able to win because of his mentality and how he plays. And, you know, he's never, he's never stagnant with his game. He likes to improve. Um, And also Brooke, the amount of stuff he's put up with, with this franchise. Yes. I mean, he would, (laughs) he would, he was a few years ago. He, he was, as you mentioned, a workman-like player, and Nolan Patrick was getting power play time over him, and Nolan Patrick hadn't done anything and was invisible in the power play, was invisible five-on-five, five and was playing above Lawton. Mm-hmm. So he, he's always been this Swiss Army, knife, yeah. Swiss Army knife type of player for this team. So right. you would hate to see him go. But the thing is, I don't – with Lawton – the flat with well, you don't want to see the Flyers get caught up in it. There's reports out there of trades they've turned down for him. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overvalue and 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 miss out on an opportunity to get yeah. to really get a you know a return for him because yeah. those things Brooke just mentioned are super attractive to teams that are well further up the line than the Flyers are. I do also think that it's interesting. You know, the rumors going around, especially surrounding law and like what Danny Breer has been listening to and turning down. I think it's a very different situation as opposed to if you heard Chuck Fletcher saying he was turning down what, you know, these offers coming in for law. And I think that if that was the first really initial like pitch that Danny Breer has gotten for Scott Lawton, why would you just take the first thing off the table? You know, test the water, see what's going on. They didn't say that it was completely closed off and, you know, impossible to get that deal done. But I think that coming in with a new GM this offseason and not really knowing Danny Breer's style is beneficial for the Flyers because he might be able to negotiate a little something extra that Chuck Fletcher definitely wouldn't have been able to do. So... I think that it's a much different situation this season as it would have been in the past. Um, And I do, again, I I see that he might be tacked on in a sense and moved for the Flyers, but I think the return haul is going to be beneficial. I think regardless of what it is, Danny Briere would do something where the return is only going to benefit the team, whereas you're not going to sit back and be like, why did they make this move? Everything I have a feeling is going to be clear and concise with their motives moving forward. So who knows? But I think that Danny Breer really has that leg up because he is new and people don't know his style across the league. So he might be able to finagle a little something here or there to up Scott Lawton's value and to maybe really win a trade in that sense. 
Yeah, the Lawton one is probably such a tough one for the Flyers because in-house, they love him. I don't want him to go. Uh, I, I don't. Think, <laughs> yeah, fans have grown to love him. As Joe mentioned, too, he's been through – as Joe mentioned, he's been through a ton of crap here over 10 years. And ultimately, in rebuilds, you do need someone in the locker room to be a little more established and, and kind of lead the way. That, that, those are important pieces. So I think the Flyers know he could be a guy – that kind of shepherds this moving forward and he wants to do it. And that, that's a positive too. Is there like not, you probably wouldn't find a lot of guys that say, Hey, I want to be a part of the rebuild and miss the playoffs and, and grow old <laughs> in a rebuild. So, and Lawton wants to do it. He wants to be here. And that's a positive. I think they don't want to make a rash decision on a guy that uh, wants to be here and is passionate about being here through a rebuild and is so well-liked, and not to mention a very versatile player that had a career year on a team-friendly deal. So uh, that will be a really tough one and two for Briere. But I'm with you guys. He's got to listen on it, and he's got to aim high in the return because uh, that's a valuable player. The Flyers have a ton of valuable players. Uh, maybe people would disagree with that, but, I mean, from all reports out there, they're getting a lot of, um, a lot of attention on some, some valuable pieces uh, that will either be here maybe pushing this forward or we'll be getting the team some valuable assets in return. We'll see how Danny Breer works with all of it. But Brooke Destra, Joe Fordyce, thank you so much. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you both about the draft. And we'll have plenty more coverage here uh, as the draft officially arrives next week. Uh, big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.